When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. That ball is ever to left field. Yes, sir. That's it. Baseball. You got to love it. You got to love it. Punctuating a great weekend of baseball and getting ready for what's going to be an unbelievable flurry, flurry of awesomeness heading into this week. And we're going to start here on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast because, yes, baseball isn't boring. Thank you, FanDuel, for sponsoring. Thank you for being part of the family. And like we talked about awesomeness, well, there you go. Mookie Betts hitting the home run, two outs, down by a run, facing Josh Hader, the rival Padres, and he ties the game. And the Dodgers go on to win. So that is a dream scenario for ESPN. That's a dream scenario for us as baseball fans. Anybody who was soaking in that game would say, yes, yes, this, is, this has been a great, great season. Well, for the Dodgers, it, I don't know if it's been a great season, but they're, they're having a good year. 21-14, first place. But, but get this, same record as the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays are seven games out. You know why? Because the Rays are absolutely rolling, and they continue to roll, walk-off winning against the Yankees. Biggest crowd in seven years at Tropicana Field, 32,142. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's the biggest crowd in seven years. So there you go. That's something. Finally, finally, finally. Now, of course, the Yankees are in town. Uh, the Rays are hot, so forth and so on. But they're 28-7. and seven. Uh, if, if you're 28-7 and you can't get more than 30,000, then what are we doing? But they did, 32,000, congratulations. They have just buried teams, buried teams of Rays. You go up against the Rays, you better be ready to weather the storm of coming out the other side, uh, probably with a couple losses. We've seen it already. The Red Sox, they get swept. They have to dig themselves out of a hole, which they did, by the way, eight in a row. Uh, over, uh, finally lost to the Phillies after taking two or three in Philadelphia. But they were uh, five and eight, buried. Everyone's, they're not going to be good. Season's over, so forth and so on. The Rays did that to them. And they, they weren't alone. The Pirates, they were rolling until they get to the Rays. 
they get they get whomped by the Rays. White Sox, they have to play two of three series against the Rays. And when you want to look at the record, that was in large, large part to the Tampa Bay Rays. The White Sox coming back a little bit, playing a little bit better, so good for them. Congratulations, White Sox. Now the Rays play the Orioles to begin a 10-game road trip. A 10-game road trip against the second-place Orioles. This is going to, I mean, this is, when you want to talk about the highlighted series, the highlighted games, that's it. Because the Orioles, they're still right. They're playing really, really well. I mean, you, you can't sleep on the Orioles anymore. They're a second-place team. They, if you want to talk, we had them in the power rankings. Producer Evan, at number two for good reason. Now they get their chance to prove it. Now they get their chance. I don't know if they're going to move up to number one, but now they get their chance to say what's what when it comes to believe people believing and actually being a contender. Because if you can take a series against the Rays, I didn't know it's home uh, at Camden Yards, but still, if you can take a series against the Rays, you're doing something. Well, as I said, the Red Sox, they were the, up until Sunday, they're the hottest team in baseball, eight in a row. They were just rolling all over the Phillies. And part of that series, part of the series was a bizarre sort of um, part of baseball, which we see every once in a while. The Godfather, I think, started back in the 2012 playoffs when he was, and what I'm talking about is a national anthem standoff, and the Godfather being Joe Kelly going up against Scott Vance. Like, that was in the middle of playoffs where these two guys stand, 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 stand well after the national anthem's over. They're the only ones there. They're representing their team. They're just standing on the field staring straight out while everybody's in the dugout yelling, don't you move, don't you move, don't you move. So we've seen it a couple times, and we saw it again on Saturday with the Red Sox and Phillies. And so what happened was Cutter Crawford and Matt Strom, of course, Matt Strom was a former teammate of Cutter Crawford. They're both standing out there. Now, they went all the way. I mean, they went after the last warm-up pitch was thrown. Umpires come over. They don't know what to do, so forth and so on. Uh, so so Crawford was a guy who ultimately deked Strom a little bit, but that's really not what the story is. Well, let me, I caught up with Matt Strom, a uh, friend of the program, Matt Strom, and just asked him to sort of talk a little bit about what happened happen tell me how that came about uh zero zero of it was planned um just anthem was over and i looked across and cutter kind of gave me a grin and i knew exactly what that grin meant so just stood there you had never talked to him about it before no that was zero zero plan on that just locked eyes after the anthem and both still had our hat over our heart and neither of us were moving had you so now you're in it yeah. Yep. yeah. You probably never have done anything like that, right? No, I've never done anything in that like that in my life. But uh, something, if you know me, you know competition's everything to me. So it kind of felt like I was being called out right there. And looking back on it, probably not the, uh, the wisest decision I've made in my big league career. But, uh, yeah, moving on. So Cora said that you guys were thrown out. I didn't realize. Yeah, I didn't even realize I was thrown out either. I mean... The first base umpire came over to me and said, you got to get going. And all I said was, okay, well, it's our home field, so he should go first, right? And then he said, okay. And when I looked over, Cutter was leaving, and I walked down the steps, and then they told me I was thrown out. They told you to throw out where? Skip told me I was thrown out okay. once I got down there. But right. I never never seen it, never seen a warning or anything. But I don't know. I guess should have known better with how uh, strict they are with the pitch clock. <laughs> That, that, again, lesson learned. I guess. Yeah, lesson learned. Uh, like 
like I said, embarrassing moment. Learn from it. Move on. Embarrassed, but at the same time, memorable moment. I mean, you, yeah, but again, not my not my brightest one. Uh, well, that aside, the last thing is just being in the middle of it. That you're yeah. a competitive guy. Yeah. You guys were you guys were in it to win it though. I mean, that, oh, yeah. that was a lot. I think he had thrown his last pitch, right? Uh, the last warm up. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think JT had just thrown it down or something when we when we uh, subsided and went our separate ways. Okay, so what you have to understand: both guys were thrown out. Like, both guys were thrown out of the game. Both guys are obviously fined. For Carl, uh, for Cutter Crawford, he was fined more because he's on the injured list. But for Matt Strom, the pain was, as he points out, the pain was he was thrown out and he wasn't able to play and they were they were playing a player short, even though it should be noted he really wasn't available that day. He wasn't planning on pitching. But, you know, if they go extras, 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 then you, you might need a player. So it wasn't ideal when it comes to how that worked out with Matt Strom and the Philadelphia Phillies. He ended up pitching a Sunday pitch excellent. So a good job by Matt Strom. But still, the umpires felt it was necessary to throw both guys out. Now, I would ask this. Why? Like, what, what are we doing? Like, I get it. You know, these, you're, you're trying to get these guys out the field. You're trying to start the game. But you're throwing these guys out of the game. This, that seemed like a little bit extreme. This, the, the whole thing was memorable. The whole thing was a little bit of fun. Just get them off the field and use it as last resort. The very last resort. But the umpires threw him out of the game. We didn't even know until the next day, so there you go. Well, speaking of the Red Sox, as we said, they have rebounded from that Rays series back in April. They are right in the thick of things. They're a half game out of the wild card. Um, but whether he not plays for the Red Sox, whether he plays for the Dodgers, whether he plays for the Mets, whether he plays for the Orioles, a great guy to offer perspective on a baseball season and the patience that is that that you have to have and the perspective that you have to have when it comes to a baseball season, both individually and as a team, there's no better person. I mean it. And there's no better person to talk to than Justin Turner. Justin Turner, of course, plays for the Red Sox now, but he played for the Dodgers, as you uh, as you may know, and also you will hear this podcast. He played for the Mets. He played for the Orioles. He's just he's a great guy to talk to, and he offers this, I think, a unique perspective. When I, I a topic that I really like, which is, hey, everybody, you you try not to get excited about the day in, the day out. You try not to react to the day in, day out. But it's hard, man. Like it, it is hard. This is what baseball season is. This is why it's so different. So when it comes to patience, and he doesn't like to use the word patience. You know, he talks about process and so forth and so on. But but still, it is it is for us. Okay, this, maybe not for the players, but for us to be re- to not be reactionary is impossible. And everybody wants to be reactionary. That's why a Mookie Betts home run is so awesome because we're like the here, the now, the excitement, everything. And that's what's great about baseball. You wait, you wait, you wait, and then boom, you have a moment like that. But it's such a long season. It's so it's such so different than any other sport. So Justin Turner's a perfect guy to do this. Remember, going back to and he makes mention of this, going back to his career, he comes up in two thousand nine, he goes three for eighteen. So, season ends. Then, he comes back in 2010. He goes 1 for 17. So, the first two years of his career, he was 4 for 35. 4 for 35. 
That's crazy. And so think about that. If somebody just took that, and that's over two seasons. If somebody just took that, hey, you know what? No good. Forget about it. It's not going to work out. Well, I think it's worked out pretty well for Justin Turner. Also, when it comes to teams, when it comes to perspective of teams, what's real and what's not? The top three payrolls in Major League Baseball, the Mets, the Phillies, the Padres, well, only one of those teams are over 500, and the Padres are just one game over 500. Conversely, you have Pirates, Rays, Orioles, the teams with the lowest payrolls, not named the Oakland A's. They are combined 70 and 34. Are they for real? I mean, I think that everyone thinks that Rays are for real. Are the Orioles for real? The Pirates, oh man, they're real. And the seven, seven in a row they've lost, but they're still in first place. Are they for real? But should or or are we were we just being reactionary when it came to getting excited over the gritty gutty pirates and uh, in front of the program, Rich Hill telling us how good? I don't know. I don't know. How should we view that? I don't know. But anyway, Justin Turner gives unique perspective. Also in this podcast, a little bit of bonus. Speaking of perspective, this is the only podcast where you get the perspective of a probably either the first or second pick in next year's NFL draft one of if not the best college football players in all the land talks about the difference between football and baseball and including watching football and baseball and he has great perspective and it's great a great time to do it because Marvin Harrison Jr. not only jumped on the baseballs and boring podcast why donning his baseballs and boring t-shirt of course wide receiver Ohio State but he just was sat courtside for the Sixers-Celtics game, playoff game. And we talked about this. We talked about it with Tristan McKenzie. What is the best sporting event to go to? Well, a lot of people think or, uh, think a lot of people think the baseball, well, unless you have first row courtside seats at an NBA game. I think that's hard to argue. And you know what? We felt like it was important to get someone who just had courtside seats for an NBA game. And that was Marvin Harrison Jr. So at first, 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 we're going to get to Justin Turner. Thanks to everybody for listening, subscribing, rating, reviewing. Uh, Producer Evan for doing such a good job on the socials. At BB isn't boring. Check it out. Swing juice. Buy the t-shirts. Buy the sweatshirts. Buy it all. And also buy the book. A damn near perfect game. If you want to soak in the great game of baseball, uh, it is the perfect book to have, especially heading toward Father's Day in June. Father's Day, books, sports books, a damn near perfect game. All the perfect combination. Speaking of a perfect combination, this interview is a perfect combination. Perfect way to start your week. Justin Turner. I just saw like Willie Mays. Right? Willie Mays went one for 29 and started his career, right? And someone was patient with him. Right. How difficult is it in baseball? to be patient like you, you you're a perfect example of this people were patient and you paid off yeah I think uh, my start my career with the Orioles I think I was one for 19 or something like that so um, but I think it's harder to do when you're younger and you're trying to get to the big leagues or you're trying to stay in the big leagues it's harder to zoom out and kind of see the big picture mm-hmm. of like, this is all part of the process if you just stay the course you trust it and keep doing things the right way you know 
your situation is going to change as the years go on. I think it's very common and easy for guys right now to be so in the moment of, I'm here, um, I finally got to the big leagues, and then, you know, stuff happens with injuries and, you know, options and stuff that are, like, completely out of the Mm. player's control that affects them on a roster, and think guys take it personally as if they didn't do enough to stay or they did something wrong to get sent down mm-hmm. versus understanding the big picture and understanding the roster situation understanding you know what's going on mm-hmm. um, but again I think that's a lot harder to do when you're younger and obviously I've experienced a lot of this and seen a lot of it uh, and I understand it a lot better now um, that I'm older than when, even when I was younger. So. so let's go back to you experiencing it before we can talk about others experiencing it. When you experienced it, like you're a young guy and you're going through it. Did people tell you, did a veteran tell you, hey, listen, this is going to work out? Did someone in the organization say it's going to work out? Or did you just have to be disciplined and say, I know it's going to work out? No, it, no one really told me, I think. You know, I was up and down with the Orioles a couple times, up and down with the Mets once or twice. And the last time I came up, hey, Bobby. The last time I came up with the Mets, it wasn't it wasn't so much of this is part of it or whatever. It was it was actually a conversation I had with Jose Reyes about you know because when you come up and you get to the major leagues. Like, you don't want to go back. You want to stick, right? Yeah. And that's the last thing you want to do. So I think what happens a lot of times is guys come up and they want to try so hard to do good to stay that they end up getting out of character Mm -hmm. or they end up playing different than they were playing the way that got them to the major leagues, Right. right? And with me, it was a conversation with Jose Reyes about he talked to me about having fun and enjoying the game like you can do all the right things you can be prepared you can contribute but you can enjoy the game at the same time and it definitely kind of made me pause and look back at the way I played in AAA and how loose and how much fun I had and how much like conversation was going on with teammates and umpires and whatnot where I was playing well and then you know when I got up in the major league level you know I didn't talk at all and I was serious and I was trying to lock in for three four hours and be so in tune and so prepared that it was just paralyzing me really yeah that's crazy I think I mean in in we talk a lot about, I've talked to a lot of guys about sort of the acceptance of younger players. I mean, that's part of it too, right? You right. said that you're, you were sort of paralyzed and you're like in a, in a corner or whatever it is. Like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't because I was intimidated or it wasn't because someone made me uncomfortable. Yeah. It was because in my mind, I thought that I wanted to, I wanted, you know, the staff and the people making decisions to know I was serious about being there and I, I wanted to be there and help the team win. But mm. in reality, I mean, it was making me a worse player. So I think my mindset in being a veteran guy and having young guys come up is is not so much 
hey man be yourself everyone says that when the young guys come up hey just be yourself da, da, da. but no like actually making sure guys are enjoying the game actually talking to them like hey what were you doing out in triple a what was your day like in triple a oh you, you did crosswords let's go let's sit down and do a crossword or, mm. you know just trying to help guys literally not be themselves but be the same person they were being in triple a which is why they got here. Right. So, when was the, do you remember the guy, maybe, you know, and there's obviously examples in here, but the guy that you remember when you had sort of figured things out, saying, looking at that person, saying, that was me, maybe I'm going to go talk to him, you know, whether it was with the Dodgers or, or even the Mets. Well, I mean, I'll give you an example in this room is a guy like Kike. Mm-hmm. For, and it's not so much. I mean, I guess this is a little different, and it's not so much like the have fun, enjoy the game part of it, but just the career trajectories, mm-hmm. right? Like, a couple different organizations, utility guy, like, playing all over the field, whatever, like, wants to be an everyday player in one spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even with the Dodgers, there was some frustration with him on... You know, maybe only playing against lefties or, you know, coming in and doing all this stuff. And, like, my point to him that I made a couple times is, like, hey, man, like, look at my career. Like, I, for six, seven years, did the utility thing mm-hmm. and just stuck with it and stayed positive and, you know, whatever. And eventually got an opportunity and then, you know, it, it, it allowed for my career to turn around. I'm like, and if you look at your career mm-hmm. and you're at bats and numbers and everything that you're doing you're way ahead of me and you're you, you started at a younger age mm-hmm. and I was like so like if you want to like compare where you're at with where I was like you're way ahead of me and I mean I don't know I, I feel like I've done pretty well uh, you know with everything statistically <laughs> yeah. Uh, winning financially yeah, yeah. I'm like well, I think you'd, you'd probably take that yeah and so just kind of like being able to get perspective right and, and and again I mean that might be a little bit different than the question you were asking no no that's, that's good that's, that's exactly what like, I'm asking about I think that's what helps I think it's really what helps me relate to almost every guy in here other than maybe some, some pitchers but is you know I've been traded I've been designated for assignment and I'm tender I've been a utility guy mm-hmm. I've been the guy that pinch hits in the ninth inning I've been you know everyday guy I've been an all-star won a world series so I can literally I feel like I can sit down and have a conversation with every single guy in this room no matter what they're going through mm-hmm. uh, the only thing I haven't had yet is the old outright <laughs> release so uh, <laughs> just still waiting to check that <laughs> no, box no, no. <laughs> but, but that's why I wanted to talk to you because like, cause you have gone through all this and because like, you know the rhythms of baseball and, like, and not only in terms of a career but in terms of a season right I was talking yesterday about um, and baseball is so different than any other sport I think because even the best players over the course of the season they can go a month of sucking right, right. Well, that usually doesn't happen in basketball or hockey or football. Well, in basketball, hockey, football, you have you have possession of the ball when you're on offense. Right. So you, it's easier to control the outcome. Yeah. Like, if you miss a, a jumper in basketball, it's because you missed the jumper. <laughs> like, if you strike out 
It's not necessarily because you suck. It, it could be because that guy, that guy was is really nasty good. or that guy yeah. executed really well. There's so many other factors that determine your success mm. where golf, basketball, hockey, you have the puck. You have control. Football, you have the ball. I mean, if you drop a pass in football, you drop a pass. Like, it, your fault, you drop the pass, yeah. right? Like, yeah. It, it's different on offense in baseball for that reason. You don't have the ball. Right. You don't have control. That's a good point, and, but that's another reason why this is, leads to the patience thing, right? Like, our society isn't about patience. Yeah, I think, I think I would... You talk about patience, I think I would consider it like a process right. and not like trust the process trust the that it's a long season it's 180 games you're going to go through ups and downs uh, I talk a lot about like a pendulum mm-hmm. being hot and being cold and the pendulum if you look at a clock it always swings back and forth mm-hmm. uh, I feel like that's kind of a good metaphor to the baseball season mm. um, not just with individuals with teams I feel like the pendulum's always constantly swinging mm. uh, and it doesn't always make sense right and you play teams above 500 and you're on the hot side and then you play mm. teams that are on the bottom half and you're on the cold side and you're losing games that you were like how the heck are we losing these games we're beating all these good teams but we're losing I just feel like that's kind of like the pendulum of baseball it's there's no there's no rhyme or reason for it yeah. and, and it's the only sport that on paper it doesn't matter who's supposed to win right I mean yeah. I think if you look at basketball or football right you, you 90% have... of the time the team that's supposed to win wins yeah that's just the way it is yeah. I mean hockey, I think hockey's kind of a crap shoot. hockey's probably the closest thing to baseball but if you get a hot goalie but... if you get a hot goalie yeah yeah, yeah. so it's it's the when you go through with like, the example, I don't know what the starts you had with the Dodgers. I think you you had you had you guys usually had pretty good starts to the season. Um, yeah, we played well for the most part. I think our probably one of our worst starts was eighteen, but I was hurt from the beginning of that. So okay. um, that was a, that was the year we went. Uh, I think we had to play the game one sixty three to play up here. Okay, so knowing that it's like. You go through, you know, whether it's a hot start or a cold start, whatever it is, you know, like, you have a feeling for a team, right? This is another thing in baseball, I think, that maybe, maybe it's all sports, but you have a feeling, okay, we can be starting off bad, but we, I know, I know that good times are around the corner. I mean, have you had that? Well, I think it matters, too. Like, there's a difference between starting off bad and not playing good baseball and not doing things the right way and uh, and then you know having a tough start even though you're doing a lot of good things there's a big difference right mm-hmm. so if you're not doing things the right way and not getting good results then there's got to be probably a, a core adjustment somewhere in the, in the clubhouse that right. needs to be made and needs to be talked about and needs right. to be addressed but um, you know even our start you know starting what what was it, 12 and 14 or 13 oh, and 14? Yeah, here. well, I mean, go like, back. That would, that would be probably considered a mediocre start. Yeah. But the way we were playing was hardly mediocre. We've been playing really good baseball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now, obviously, this eight-game run, we've, we've been getting good results. But um, I, mean, I think there's a difference between – there are discrepancies between bad starts and, and playing good baseball and right. doing things the right way and just not catching breaks and then 
yeah. playing terrible baseball. Yeah, you can, you can, you can. Oh, we see it because we love doing power rankings, right? Right. Power rankings suck. Early yeah. season. It's ridiculous, right? Yeah. But in those power rankings, you can't say, well, here are the power rankings of the teams that are doing it the right way or approaching it the right way. But yeah. that's how we should do it more right. than anything. Hey, this, this team caught fire because a couple guys caught fire. You know? Right, right. So, I mean, and there are teams that can be carried by, you know, one or two guys in the lineup. Hmm. There are teams that can do that. And that just hasn't been the case for us. I mean, I think one through thirteen, uh, you can probably go down the list to every game this season where every single guy in this locker room is probably taking the big swing that's impacted the game, mm-hmm. which is special. The last thing before I go to the Chiefs take, I yeah. apologize. Um, it's just how does this? You've been like you said, you've been a lot of different teams, a lot of different situations, everything else. And I know you probably have asked this question before, but how does this right now, as we sit here, you guys are going good, right? Right. But how does it feel? Like, how does it feel? Does it? Every team's different, and every situation's different. But does this feel like anything that you've gone through before? Well, I think the big difference right now is just the division we're in. We we I've been on teams that have gotten off to good starts and have had you know ten, twelve game leads you know midway through May, mm-hmm. and where you just feel like, oh, this is. You know, we can just kind of coast through this, yeah. which, by the way, is not a good thing. You know what I mean? Not playing meaningful games right. and having that big of a lead is, is not a, a good thing for Yeah, there's a hockey success. team in town with you. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I said it, I said it, we were at Game 7, and I said it, uh, you know, when they lost, and I sat there and I watched the whole team kind of one at a time coming off the ice and, and giving Bergeron, you know, a hug. Mm. Like, man, I felt that last year, right? Mm. Like, we set the record in L.A. for wins, the best team in L.A. ever, all this stuff, and you get knocked out in the first round. Mm. Like, I, I, I knew that feeling oh, that he was man. going through, you know, hugging every guy. And so, um, but, yeah, I think the big difference is, is the division. You know, every team's over 500. Uh, every team's playing good baseball. And so that is is a good thing for us because, you know, it's a reason to show up and prepare and, you know, really be motivated to, you know, find a way to win every single day. Mm. All right, I mean, that's just, that's just solid, man. That's just good stuff. Justin Turner, excellent, excellent interview. We appreciate him taking the time out, doing that interview, doing the podcast. Uh, he, he also, you can see on his Instagram, he also has a Baseballs and Boring shirt that uh, he showed up at spring training last year wearing. So we appreciate all the support from him and all the uh, the insight, more, most importantly. Well, speaking of insight, I don't know, man. I see a guy. I find him interesting. I want to talk to him. That's exactly what happened with Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, I didn't know him at all, but he was a great guy to talk to when I caught up with him at Citizens Bank Park. Marvin Harrison Jr., as we said, one of the the best wide receiver in college football right now. Not even close. And it's going to be, by all projections, going to be either the first or second pick in next year's draft. More importantly, he sat courtside for the Celtics-Sixers game. He has a perspective of if that is the best uh, sporting viewing event and also how he views baseball. And when you're going to listen to him, you're going to say, okay, all right, 
This is a guy who is awesome at football, the, the sport that's dominating our, our American sports psyche now. But this is how he views baseball. Maybe, maybe, maybe we should take another look at baseball if we aren't already looking. Probably if you're listening to this podcast, you already are. But once again, thanks to everybody. Uh, big stuff coming this week. More on the way. Like I say, big stuff. Big stuff. Big stuff. All right, here you go. Marvin Harrison Jr. All right, so I'm going to ask you, I ask everybody this. Yeah. Stars, GMs, managers, everybody. Why isn't baseball boring? Why isn't baseball boring? Because I think baseball is a game of moments. When someone hits a home run or you know, robs a home run, those moments are you know, one of the best moments in sports. So I think that's why baseball isn't boring. Now, can you repeat to me what you just said, or do you not want it about... I'll repeat it. I think hitting a home run is probably way more exciting than scoring a touchdown. That's crazy to me. I think, I mean, the, the difficulty level of hitting a home run is probably, you know, 10 times, maybe more than that, harder than trying to score a touchdown and catching a football. So big props to those guys. A lot of work goes into it. Okay, so I didn't know you were going to be here, so I didn't research your baseball yeah, career. Yeah, no. Tell me about your baseball career. I, think I played two years. I think I played, I want to say left field. That's how, right field. One of that's those. right field. Right field. Okay, I played right field. Yeah. And I was more so just trying to catch the catch the deep balls. That's all I did. What, what age group was that? Nine and ten. Oh, so you were you were the young. you were the you were the kid in right field in yeah, little yeah, league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't good. I will say that I wasn't very good. But did did people say try to because obviously you're a good athlete. Yeah. So did people say, hey, listen, no, focus on baseball. You'll be really no, good. No, no one there is nobody. That to me. No. <laughs> I just hoped on trying to get on base. I knew if I got on base, I can make it around. But getting on base is the hardest part for me. It wasn't the best. <laughs> and and you're not alone. It's yeah, hard for yeah, a lot exactly. of people. Um, is it so? How much are you a baseball fan? How much do you follow it? I know that football, football, football rules. Yeah. But this is what we're trying to talk about. Like the attention baseball. span. Yeah, the attention span of our of everybody for younger people. Yeah. It's hard, right? Very hard. Very but hard. but tell me about how about you being a baseball fan? I think the biggest thing for me is social media. I can just see all the big plays on social media. ESPN top ten. I'm always seeing someone making a diving catch, big home run. So that's where my you know fan of baseball comes from. Who's your favorite player? Bryce Harper. Really? Got to. All right. Gossu. He's the guy. All right. So, so what? So you know, he hit the home run last yeah, year, right? Yeah. So to me, we always talk about that home run as being the perfect example of everything that's great with baseball. Yeah. Of the buildup, it's kind of like you know with a football play. You call the play. Right? You wait, you wait, you're lining up. Yeah. The anticipation, and then boom, it happens, right? Yeah. Did, could you feel that then? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's the moment. Yeah. Like the moment presented itself there, and Bryce being such a great player, he's executed. So that's definitely a special. That's one of those okay. hits I'll always remember. So this is one of the things that we've also come to. Best game to go to, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we can make the argument baseball is the best game to go to because you, you can talk. Yeah. Football, you're like... You know. yeah, football, yeah, football's a little different. Um, baseball's a little long. Baseball's a little long. I will say that. Baseball's a little long. I think football can be exciting. And I think basketball, it being indoors, kind of makes it the best going to go to. Because the weather, you don't have to worry about the weather. Of course, somebody said that. I did talk to did a podcast with Tristan McKenzie of the yeah. Indians. I'm sorry. The Guardians, Guardian. sorry. Yeah, good. Uh, I have to add that out. But the uh, courtside for NBA game, because you can appreciate the, I don't know if you've ever yeah. had that. I was at courtside yesterday for the Sixers. and. You were? Yes. Oh, Look at you. <laughs> wow. Yeah, of course. I wow, wow. So, I mean, so it's that's just different. That just yeah. hits different, right? Yeah, yeah. I would say basketball is probably the best game to go. Yeah. So, well, congratulations on the courts. Thank congratulations you very much. on everything. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and you. it's a pleasure to meet you. Of course. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks uh, for having me.